At Spring Creek Flooring, our people make the difference. We work harder, smarter, and put more of ourselves into each product we manufacture. Solid values coupled with decades of experience are clearly reflected in the quality of our products. Contractors and installers choose Spring Creek because they are amazed by our clean and straight fit. And Spring Creek uses Appalachian lumber to guarantee consistent color. Our lumber is hand-selected to ensure grade quality, and our quality control procedures closely monitor the kiln drying process. We make it easy to do business with us. From knowledgeable staff to quick and accurate order turnaround, we have the most efficient processes to help supply your needs. From the forest floor to your door, at Spring Creek Flooring, our people do make the difference. Are you looking for a low-odor, non-flammable wood flooring stain that offers an unlimited color selection? What about a stain that can actually be used on maple or pine that won't be blotchy? Could we interest you in a stain that can take the red out of Brazilian cherry? What if we told you the same stain could be used to tint your water-based finish and doesn't fade like traditional dyes? You've been seeing and hearing a lot about Basic Coatings Hypertone Stains. Set yourself above the competition and offer your customers the best with Hypertone Stains from Basic Coatings. Hi, this is Michael Martin, President and CEO of the National Wood Flooring Association, and you're listening to the Real Answers Podcast. Today with me is Chris Zizza, my co-host, and today he's actually in the car driving from New York to Boston. How are you doing today, Chris? I'm doing all right. So far, so good. Traffic's not too bad. I've actually pulled over so I can focus on what we're going to discuss today, which, correct me if I'm wrong, unless you've changed your um, line of thinking, we're going to talk about one-room minimums today. Yeah, I think it's a great topic. You know, we saw that in social media earlier this week, and it seems like everybody has an opinion on it, so it seems like a good topic that uh, people will be interested in. I was amazed at how many people had an opinion about one-room minimums on social media yesterday as I was going through a couple postings, and it was funny. Some people took an angle of, you know, I'm not getting out of bed for, you know, under $2,000. And other people are like, we don't do one rooms. You know, if that job's not 500 feet, I'm not interested. Um, they, they were all over the map with comments. And I'm not saying any of the comments were right, wrong. They were just different and all over the map. So I thought we'd do a program on it. And, um, you know, you're a homeowner. I mean, you, you want to do a remodel? You know, you can't always do everything at once. Right. Yeah, it started with one bathroom, which then led to a hallway, which led to another bathroom because one thing hits the other. And then all of a sudden you get three rooms and you're doing one. Exactly. Or there's another side of this, which is you just got married, first time home buyer. You know, you're going to get the house you can afford. And that house might have carpet in every room. And or maybe it's just got a foyer and a dining room has hardwood. And if that's a, if that's a small home, you're not even going to have, you know, maybe you got 200, 220 feet in that entryway and, and the dining room and the guys don't want to go do it. Right. So let's talk about why should you do it? And by the way, everyone, if you're listening and, and you're even slightly interested in my opinion, um, my wife says nobody is. I would say this. You want to do one rumors because it, it's, it's the beginning of a relationship. You do the dining room when they needed it done. And then they're doing an addition or even better, you know, the, the family grows, the career takes off and they go and they upgrade their home. But they're going to remember you did the dining room right. and you did it really well. So, 
So the answer is you do want to do them. But the next part of the equation is you don't want to give them away and you can't lose money doing them. And I, I believe if you explain it correctly, it's it's not a problem. It really isn't. Um, we, we at CNR Flooring, we've got a multiple of different one-room minimums. And, and that's because we work for kitchen companies. And oftentimes, you know, they'll call us and they're like, yeah, I got another one. It's in Dedham, the next town over from where my showroom is. And, you know, it's just a kitchen. It's 180 feet. Well, we have a minimum charge to install the 180 feet. And we have a minimum charge, if it's not a pre-finished floor, to sand and finish it. And if it's going to be a stain, there's a minimum charge for the stain. So by the time we're done, you know, I guess a, a one-room stain from us usually falls in the twelve to $1,500 range. And I know some of you guys are shaking your head going, we're never going to get that. Or some of you might be saying that's not enough. I can tell you this. We make sure that we base our quote off of 250 feet. That's how we do it. If if you have a 10 by 10 dining room, I'm fine with that. But I'm charging you for 250 square feet. And we we used to do 250 feet and then our regular rate. But then people started questioning, well, the room's not 250 feet. So the truth is we use the formula of 250 feet at X. Let's just say it's $5 a square foot. So 250 times five, and there's your one room minimum for a sand and finish. Um, the reality is then when I do my estimate, I just put one at, you know, whatever it is. And, and what is that? I didn't. I'll, I'll do exactly what we do. I don't mind giving out my numbers here. I like to help people. So 250 feet times 4.85 a square foot, that's 12, 12.50. Now, I don't like to see 12, 12.50 on an estimate because I think it looks like a silly number. So we'll do that one at 1,200. And there's our one room minimum. And my guys, they're going to get paid for sand in 250 feet. And I can tell you, we've been doing this since 2004, and it's never hurt us. Not once. Um, yeah, you get the occasional person who says, I, I'm not paying that much money. I got somebody who said they do it for 700 Well, then you say, okay, let them do it. Right. You know, um, am I making sense here, buddy? Yeah, I think so. I mean, and what my question is, you know, over since 2004, since you've, been started, since you've done this, how many times has it led to a bigger job later? That's the interesting thing. Many times. Not only has it oftentimes led to more, but when you're done explaining to people the cost, oftentimes they'll throw in another room, you right. know, because because sometimes they're doing one room because they don't want to be bothered by the furniture. But then when they find out, well, if you walked into a, a you know, up here in New England, we have a, a home, the style home, it's called a cape. And you walk in the front door and it's a small entry, a living room to the left and a dining room to the right. And all in, it might be 350 square feet in the front end of that house. And maybe they just did want to do the trafficked entryway and living room. But when they find out you can get the dining room 
for the same price, you'd be amazed. I mean, they figure out where to put that table, you know, right. and they do the work. But again, I think the important thing here is this is about the dialogue between you and your client. The dial for you owners, it's the dialogue between you and your employees. Because you don't want your employees going in going, ah, it's just a one room. You know, my guys don't mind the one roomers because they're getting paid sometimes double, double what they would because of the square footage and they're out of there faster. My point is these things always lead to more work because you're either the company that did the little job and they pass your name on and eventually it leads to a bigger job or again like i said earlier you're going to get the upgrade home or you're going to get you know the cousin's home or the sister's home but to just flat out say things like i'm too busy or i can't be bothered or we don't touch that stuff and there are guys that are saying that I'm going to tell you, while we're in the driver's seat right now, it it appears we're in the driver's seat right now. Everybody's busy. That is not the time to have an attitude. It's the time to have the best attitude about service and keep building the relationship. Don't turn down these one rumors, guys. Um, You know, if Mike, if I think about this and I go really far in the Wayback Machine, I used to, you know, nobody runs ads in newspapers anymore. You know, if you do, I'm not sure that they're producing much. But years ago, I used to run ads in newspapers, specific town papers, and offer like one rummers. And we would go around and we'd nail seven or eight of them. And I do three in a day. It still led to more work. It was work that, that needed to get done that people weren't pulling the trigger because other guys didn't want to do it. And I was building a business. So th- these are all things hmm. that work. Yeah, that's real. That's it's, that, those are things that you wouldn't think of sometimes. So I think that's great. Well, in, in today's world, I would ask, how can you zero in on what we used to call neighborhood work? So, for example, we would advertise in a specific paper, and I knew I'd be working in that town for a while because we would say. Estimates need to be done between February 1st and February 15th. And if you give a deposit, work will be scheduled between, you know, March 1st and and March 30th or the month of March. And, you know, it was a campaign we did off of March Madness. And what happened is you get the luxury of scheduling the projects that are near each other. So you don't end up in you know, I'm doing a job on Cape Cod and then I'm doing a job on the North shore, which by the way, is like an hour and a half apart from each other. So when you, when you, when you advertise to specific towns, you can group the smaller jobs together and be more productive. Makes sense. You know, I think sometimes we all forget these things, you know, how to build a business and and how not to say no to the customer. Um, and, you know, one guy posted how much he was charging these days. And, and he was really happy to be at that rate. And I agree. I echo what that guy wrote, which is I always wanted to know I built a company that could command, you know, 
a, a premium for our service. And he sold the job and he's getting the premium for his service. But I guarantee you that guy did one rumors. You follow me? I am. I'm following you. Yeah, I was just thinking, you know, um, you're talking about, uh, you know, circulars and newspapers that went into specific neighborhoods. What do you do? What do you do now? Do you, do you see people using like the Nextdoor app or things like that to try to get to a localized community to build multiple jobs in one neighborhood? So we're still, we, pre-COVID, we were still using direct mail pieces and they're still very successful. Um, you know, I, I tried years ago jumping in with Valpac, but um, Valpac's everywhere all over the country. They have that in St. Louis. They do. Yeah. So I'm not putting down Valpac, but Valpac is a lot of different services and you can tend to get you know, just thrown in or, you know, thrown in with a group of everybody and you might not get looked at. We didn't have the best success with it, with it. But when we did our own direct mailer, we talked about our services. It did very well. And realize you can buy lists that have, you know, for, for me, I was buying mailer lists that had assessed tax value of your home seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars and greater or i know in my in my market i know that wellesley needham westwood all high-end towns newton brookline so we would buy lists to those towns and just do direct mail pieces it works. If, if you have a service that people want, and guess what, guys? We're in the hardwood flooring business. People want that. So you can market directly to people that can afford it. And you can use assessed tax value as one, or you know what the wealthy towns are. Um, I'll tell you, a long time ago, we used to have door hangers. And you know, if you don't know what a door hanger is, just think of the do not disturb sign at the hotel and you make one of those and it's got all the bullet points of your business and you just pay someone to go around and hang it on the mailboxes or hang it on the doorknob of people's houses and you keep going and door hangers work, man. They really do. Yeah. Cause usually people are thinking about their flooring for a long time. It's not like you just decide one day you're going to do it. So if you find, run into somebody who runs into your company and goes, yeah, I've been looking for this. They wouldn't they they'd hold on to it even if they knew it was six months down the road. Exactly. I've I've had pieces where I've written on it, this offer does not expire, we'll be ready when you are. It's just a phrase, but it's an agreeable phrase that makes the people think, huh, that's good to know. And they put it, you know, they, they save it. You can do magnets, you know, wh- whatever you want to do uh, to, to go right at a person. But then be ready when they're ready. Right. I mean, these are the things we've done, um, but we never stopped taking the small job. I I tell people, I go, look, I don't care how big the job is. If it's over a thousand feet, I say you might qualify for a discount, but I say you might. Because if I'm talking to them over the phone, I haven't met them yet and I haven't seen the floor. I might look at the floor and it's one of the worst floors we've ever seen. And you know, you can't give a discount, even if it is 2000 feet, it's going to be a nightmare to grind. Right. But you can make those decisions. So we oftentimes will discount jobs over a thousand feet and on the littlest ones, we just don't discount them. 
So, you know, sometimes I've got that first time home buyer that just got married, they're having a baby. And I have a soft spot for that. I want them to be happy in their home and I want to be there when they do the upgrade. So I might do that job at a builder price. And what I mean by that is I know earlier we said 1200 is our one room minimum, which it is. And then if they're going to stain it, it goes up another $300. So it's 1500 with a stain. But for a builder, that one room minimum is 900 because the builder's going to mark me up too. And there's only so far you can go on these one rumors. And um, I want to give the builder some room so he can mark me up. And I know he's coming back for more jobs. And his next job might not be a one rumor. So right. I try and take care of him. So when I offer to a young couple with a baby the builder price, that doesn't bother me either because I feel like I'm going to be there or they're going to be there for me later when they want a bigger home or want to put on an addition. All these things add up. Um, there was a gentleman on social media who said his one room minimum was $2,000. And to him, I say, congratulations. I don't believe my market could bear that. I could sell it if I wanted to try and maybe some of them will get it. Uh, I'm not saying you're wrong. If you can get it, good for you. I think the way to go about it is this, guys. Add up all your costs. If you're going to do a 12 by 12, let's just say a, a, a 15 by 15 dining room is 225 feet. Let's figure out how much money that costs you to do. You're going to sand it. I already know this guy's going to take you three hours. Um, those of you saying you could do it in two, God bless you. But assume it's going to take three hours to sand and get one coat. You're paying your guys hourly. Let's figure out how much money that costs. Okay. Then let's figure out how much time we spent driving to the job. How much time did we spend leaving the job and wrapping it up? Then on day two, we went back. There's drive time. There's about an hour maximum that you should carry for doing a second coat. And then you left. And then let's go back on day three. And do the final coat and let's add an extra half hour because you're going to take a little extra time puttying and whatnot. Now let's add all that time up and let's arrive at a cost. Add in how much you spent on sandpaper, fuel, everything. Take that number, put a margin on it. And I'm going to I'm going to go on a limb here and I'm going to assume there's somebody listening here who doesn't know what I meant just now when I said put a margin on it. So I'm going to say, let's assume for a second that your costs were $500 all in. Take the 500 and divide that by 0.6. And that's going to get you to 833. Folks, that's called a 40% margin. So if you have $500 in cost, Selling that at 900 is better than a 40% margin, which is a decent margin. If you wanted to do a 50% margin, it's pretty obvious, but you just divide by 0.5 and you get to $1,000. I can tell you almost everybody in business will tell you that if you're making 50% margin, you have a good product. I don't care if it's one room. Do a lot of them. You're making 50%. You follow me, Mike? I'm following you. So what I want the guys to do is find out how much you spend on the one rumor. 
put the right profit margin on top of it and then don't get upset if you sell it, sell it and try and remember this much, guys. On the larger jobs, you got a 1,500 sand and finish. You got to go back there and do a second coat and a third coat. You can squeeze a one roomer in. You go do the 1,500 foot coat, you got the rest of the afternoon open, do that one roomer. You can explain to a client that you'll fit them in the schedule around our coding days. These are just little tidbits on, on, that I hope help you run your company because downtime costs money. So sometimes when you say, I don't do one rumors, I'd rather go home. Well, my friend, when you're trying to get to 750,000 a year, or you're trying to get to a million dollars a year or 2 million, wherever your benchmark is, then the sales you're trying to get to, if you're going home instead of sanding one rumors, that's one of the reasons you're not making your sales goals. You have to convert the downtime into making money time. And that's my soapbox moment, Mike. That's, that's where I am. I mean, you could beat the death of one rumor, but the truth is one rumors are not bad. Small jobs are not the worst jobs. The job you don't get paid for is the worst job. Well, there you go. It's really good stuff, Chris. What else yeah. can you talk about? Anything else burning up? In your mind? <laughs> the the only thing I'll tell you, which might shock everyone, it's uh you know here we are almost to the dead middle of April, and we got a foot of snow last night in Vermont. So what the heck is going on? I was wow. supposed to put my boat in, in the water this weekend, and that's not going to happen. I guess you were skiing. Yeah, absolutely. I just talked to my wife. She's going snowshoeing. If you can believe that, on <laughs> April April fifteenth. God bless. That's her. Crazy. It's not. Well, was, go ahead. Um, we'll probably be able to cut that. At, that that's crazy. Um, so you stepped on my voice, but no problem. You go right ahead. I'm sorry. As I was saying. So one thing before we wrap up, uh, registration is now open for the NWFA Expo, and I just want to give a shout out to the folks who aren't NWFA members. Um, we feel like because of COVID and the situation, it's so important to get together with folks this year that we're going to open up registration to non-members as well as as uh, to members at the same price. So we hope you come, get engaged with the NWFA. This is your opportunity to come for 165, get to know your peers, and have a you know have some time in Orlando and. Uh, get to know NWFA and then come back and, and, and join us. Right on. I'm looking forward to it. I've gotten uh, a couple of private messages from different guys asking me, are you going uh, to Expo? Of course I'm going. And, um, you know, can we hook up? Can we do this? Can we get a meeting? And so uh, I'm yeah, That's a lot to, of excitement. Yeah, I'm starting yeah. to hear a vibe that people are going, and that's what we want to hear. And I'm looking forward to seeing everyone there, man. It's going to be a blast. So until then, uh, everybody, keep it real. Have a great night out there. And uh, take the one rumors and make the profit. Just charge the right amount of money. Have a great day, guys. Thanks, Chris. We're going to listen to the Real Answers podcast. Have a good day. <laughs>